This is the Sea to Sky podcast with Marcus and Alan, weaving through the issues in Sea to Sky country. Welcome to another episode of the Sea to Sky podcast. My name is Marcus. I'm here with Alan. And today we're sitting here with Dr. Victor Javeri, also known as the typical Squamish man. And uh, he is very typical, as in he's going to be running 50 kilometers. And he's been running, what, 30 kilometers every day for the last year for this Squamish 50 coming up. That's not very typical. Thank you for inviting us into your home today. Happy uh, to have you. To talk about the, the Squamish 50. And uh, you've got, what's, what's the countdown now? Where are you? Where? Uh, today actually hits right at 10 days. So 10 days from, uh, from race day. So we're all very excited. People are starting to converge on our town. And, and there's probably more elite athletes in Squamish right now than, uh, than there is throughout the year. And that's really saying something because there's this town is chock full of elite athletes. Absolutely. Absolutely. This is absolutely BC's outdoor adventure town. So there's uh, as far as running the running community is concerned, it's all a buzz at this point. Gary is here and he's tagging the uh, tagging the fields and the 50 mile race is up. The 50 K race is up and everybody's very excited. Who's Gary? Uh, so Gary is the uh, the race director. Uh, he's probably one of the more famous ultra athletes right now, as he uh, he's done some of the most insane races uh, that are out there. Uh, he's actually been uh, a little bit off for the last year. He's he's suffered a bit of an injury to uh, to his leg, but he's uh, he's still our fearless leader, and uh, and uh, he's the one that actually arranges uh, this race each and every year. Uh-huh. So Gary, magical Gary, what's Gary has a last name? Doesn't remember. All right. It's all right. It's mag- ma- we'll just call him magical Gary. Magical Gary. Magical Gary. So this, this race takes one day, correct? You do all 50 in one, in one, there's a, is it broken up in stages or is it just one big 50 race? So the first day on, on, on Saturday is the 50 mile race. So 80 kilometers long and it, it takes the full expanse of the, uh, of the whole town here starts uh, starts out on the estuary and works its way all the way out and, and and back. Believe it or not, in one big gigantic, scary eighty kilometer loop. Uh, for most people, that's all they do is they do the the either the fifty mile on the first day or the fifty kilometer on the second day, which uh, which is just the, the kind of the meat and potatoes of the race itself. Right. So for most sane people. <laughs> that would be enough, but, sure. but for the insane out there, like uh, the typical Squamish man, what, sure. you will you will be doing what? For a small percentage of us, we will be doing something called the uh, the fifty fifty, which means we'll run the fifty mile on the first day, and then the second day we'll come out and uh, and do the fifty k on dead legs. So one hundred and thirty kilometers in uh, just about twenty five hours. That's that's a That's lot. The total. Yeah. And I'm just like, you can't just be some guy. You know what? I, I'm going to do that today. I'm just going to go out and run 50-50. Yeah. So uh, obviously, if that guy no. exists, I don't know who he is, well, to I, be sure. Well, it's definitely not you. No, no. I, I do know you've been training for a long, long time. Now, what, what's been your process so far? So when I when I first moved here, I actually, when I first moved to Squamish, I moved here two days before the, the Squamish 50 happened two years ago. And I saw the people come and, and do the race, and I thought, oh, that's that's kind of cool. I've done some races in the past, some some longer races, but I didn't really know much about about Squamish at that time. But I started my training basically right about there, so about two years ago, and it's been pretty solid from there. I would say for the last year, I've run about a hundred to a hundred and thirty kilometers a week, just to kind of break my legs in and get get to where I need to be. That's 130 kilometers a week. Yeah. So we're, we're talking about 20 kilometers a day, give or take. 
20 to 30 kilometers a day, kind of depending on, on how the week works out. I still have a, you know, a job and a life, but, uh, it's also like season all season long too. I'm, Cause I remember looking at Facebook you, like in the winter, you're up there, uh, in the summers, you're up there when it's pouring rain, you're, you're out there. So this is, this is a whole new level of commitment. As much as we love the weather here in the summertime, it is not a, uh, it is not necessarily always perfect weather here in Squamish. I would say probably 70% of the time Squamish is, uh, either completely drenched in rain or completely baked in sun or snow or God knows what. <laughs> yeah, so. we're, we're, right now we're, we're enjoying the baked in sun, which is great. But yeah, I, we're all aware of it does take a whole, on, a whole different persona when it's, it's gray and rainy. And I imagine there's not too many people that can get out for a run around the block, let alone 30 kilometers in the pouring rain. You have to be willing to get wet, very, very wet, uh, a lot. So. I've probably spent more time in the rain in the last uh, couple of years than I probably have in my entire life put together. Oh. But going going back on what you were saying, talking about having a life, how do you do so much training and still have a life? Well, first, I have an amazing wife. Like she is just yeah, outstanding. So. Uh, she's been she's put up with with quite a bit of uh, of my insanity. Uh, she allows me to uh, just kind of disappear off into the woods for for hours and sometimes days on end and uh if i need a pickup because i've uh, hurt myself or i'm just tired of being in the rain all day she's always there with a smile and a hot cup of coffee so that's that's probably key my family has been has been very uh flexible with me and and incredibly supportive and that's that's useful we gotta remember though like uh just to give frame of reference to to mr dr victor javeri who works at a sleep clinic in vancouver and now uh sort of runs the one here in squamish he also has his own business uh core intentions which is like a pilates yoga studio and so combination of doing those types of activities plus a full-time job and then the running so yes uh, if, if he's giving his wife kudos for flexibility there's a lot of flexibility there well, we find flexibility where we can, right? So instead of having uh, having friends, we we do this. Instead of you know having uh, having relatives come over and visit, we do this. So it's one of those things. It's a little bit. It's a sacrifice, and a little bit. It's it's some give and take. So nice. I, I need more convincing then. If this is such a big sacrifice, I I need more reason for you to be doing such craziness by so going. You know, I came here two days before a race, and this looked awesome. So I want to do it. I need I need more. Yeah, now. I, I I agree with that. There's got to be more <laughs> There's going be on. Be more that. in that brain of yours that could propel you to do this. Well, a little bit of it was uh, I, I've actually run quite quite long distances in the past. I, I've had a hundred mile race under my under my belt from when I was quite young. So a little bit of it is probably just me trying to stay young, which I know I'm not anymore. And uh, uh, maybe this is just me aging out before I gracefully move on to shuffleboard and uh, and bridge. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, I actually have no idea what's going to happen to my life uh, in, in 12 days time. I have no idea what, what I'm going to be doing. So what about the mental game? Is that, I mean, a lot of people will say, of course, with any elite athlete that the mental game is more than half the battle. Sure. And, and I can definitely agree with that. And I would say every runner comes into it a little bit differently, but, uh, I have a tendency to be a little over prepared. So when I, when I tend to tend to prepare, I throw all my time and all my money and all my effort into, into training. And so I always just kind of assume that I'm going to be there. That can be, that can be breaking to you if, uh, 
if you don't quite meet your goals for whatever reason, that tends to be a bit of a uh, emotional stir. I have had a uh, a race actually go to a do not finish or DNF uh, this year, and that was uh, emotionally very hard for me. I stopped running for almost a week and uh, just kind of went into shutdown mode. And this was after having had run and races, substantial ones before that, uh, with no issues. Uh, so yeah, a little bit of it is it's definitely some brain uh, brain work. You have to definitely be be prepared. Um, but at the same time, I think you have to come into it with the uh, with the knowledge that you could fail, absolutely, and you have to be okay to wake up the next day and you could still go to work, still train. You're talking about preparedness, and I, you know, I, I look at uh, your your experience obviously as being a, a physician and and doing the Pilates and the yoga. There is a lot of physical. What other kind of preparations have you have you done for this? I mean, there's I mean, you're talking about being overly prepared, so. Step by step, how are you preparing yourself? Like, it was two years, so there must have been a lot of work there. Sure. Uh, and I've run every square millimeter of this race. I know every inch of it from one end to the next. I can take a photo, a simple image of anybody running any section of this. I can tell you exactly where it is. I've run it literally dozens of times. I've run it in full. I've run it backwards and forwards and upside down. I actually did a, a full uh, documentary of videos uh, that are available on YouTube for free. Uh, on, Give yourself uh, a plug. Go ahead. Oh, there we go. Uh, yeah, so Typical Squamish Man on, on YouTube. If you uh, want to go and check out the Squamish 50 trail reports, uh, they're definitely out there. They're available um, and uh, I think very, very helpful. And we'll put that so, link in the description as well. Awesome. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so I, I just, I know the trail very, very well. Uh, I know exactly where I'm going to have problems, where I need to stop, where I need to slow down, where I need to take my time. Uh, so in that way, I feel like I'm probably better prepared than a lot of the people that are coming in. Yeah, because these people come from all over the world. So this, talk about home field advantage. So this is, uh, this year has become the most popular race in BC, the most popular ultra race in BC. So... Uh, we're getting people from everywhere. I think we're getting them from Zimbabwe and Peru and literally all over the world. So, uh, and they are all converging here, literally as we speak. So, it's a it's an exciting time. Okay, and when it comes to trail running, are a lot of these runners? I mean, how, are they used to these types of trails? I mean, we have some pretty serious trails here in Sea to Sky Country, and a lot of these people. I mean, I've been up on the trails. And it's not even really a trail. It's a marked route. And uh, I know that uh, the Squamish 50-50 is a little, isn't quite that level. But still, these are some seriously wilderness trails that people may not be accustomed to. Sure. Uh, and this is definitely one of those types of uh, races. Uh, I believe 90% of it is single track trail, which means you're, you're basically running in a, on a trail where somebody would have to physically move you to get past you. Uh, so that tends to be problematic. They are very, very technical trails. In some cases, they're dangerous trails. I, I will absolutely say that. There's 3,500 meters of elevation gain. Uh, if that is, uh, if if there are Americans listening to this, that is just an incredible amount. That would be like, uh, that would be like climbing uh, a 12,000 foot, 13,000 foot mountain. Uh, so that's pretty pretty substantial. Uh, and it's basically broken up over over a 50 kilometer race, but it's still it's still quite a bit. Uh, your average 50 mile or 50k race 
is probably going to have about half that as far as elevation gain is concerned, and that would still be considered a substantial amount of climbing. Uh, this is uh, this is considerable. What? How many people are entered? What's the official entry? <sighs> I, I'm not entirely sure, to be perfectly honest. I, I believe it's going to be in the range of about eight thousand people in total. Um, there are there are actually multiple races taking place. There's the fifty mile. There's the fifty k. There's also a twenty three k for people that are just learning and and getting into it. And there's a there's a kids, uh, uh, I think it's one or two kilometer fun run. So. Uh, I believe in total, uh, there's quite a few, and it sold out in less than a day. The uh, uh, all levels of the race sold out in under six hours. So this year, that's pretty incredible that there's that many people out there that want to punish themselves <laughs> that severely. I mean, yeah, they can enjoy some wonderful uh, scenic views while they're doing it. But, Absolutely. Uh, but I guess you, you know when you're doing 50 kilometers or, or worse, 50 miles, you're not really taking in the scenery, are you? Well, I, I will say this, there's there's three or four spots that I would say are just classic Squamish 50 spots where you just have to stop. It's just, it's good for the soul. It's going to, it's going to speed you along if you could just stop and take a breath and, and have a look. And actually Gary's really great about uh, physically taking some uh, chalk and, and marking the ground saying, stop right now, turn and have a look. Uh, he, he's really good about that. Um, but there are a, a fair few places that are that way. I actually went out of my way when I when I did my little docu series to to make sure I didn't show any of those, but to let people know <laughs> they are here. But you got to earn it. You got to you got to get up there and earn it. Absolutely. Now, of the of the people that will be entered in either the 50k or the 50 miler, how how many? Like, what's a rough percentage of those that would you would expect to see finish? For the for the fifty miler, I actually have found that the uh, that for for the fifty miler here, we actually have a pretty good completion rate. It's going to be in the realm of about ninety to ninety five percent for the fifty miler, because on average, people don't generally get involved with a fifty mile race if they haven't spent a fair bit of time running. Uh, if they're not a uh, pretty comfortable with a fifty k or pretty comfortable with the area, they're not going to jump headlong into a fifty mile race. Uh, it, that's, that's next level ultra running. So you, you definitely have to know what you're doing to, to be able to survive it. Uh, I would say the 50 K probably has a fi far higher, uh, uh, no completion rate. Uh, we have pretty strict cutoff times, uh, during the, uh, during the race. So if somebody's, you know, having a bad day walking, they're really hot, they're having trouble they're going to miss one of those cutoffs and they're going to end up uh, with, with a DNF or did not finish, uh, which case they'll just be uh, uh, shuttled back to the, uh, the start of the race. There will be a fair bit of that. I would say there's going to be something why, why like a 20% failure like rate. That? So there's a number of reasons. First, we don't really want people lost in the woods at night. So it's, it's a concern that if we can't get them back in time, uh, part of it is going to be have to do with the permits and the insurance that's required to maintain these races. They're not mm -hmm. going to want people that are dead on their feet out there in in the dark. And these are also provincial parks in many cases, and do in fact have a a absolute time people have to be out of the park. So, so there's no really any experience then. Like if someone, if for example, someone like me who hasn't like run in a long time, and I say mm -hmm. I want to run a fifty. Yeah, I mean, I mean no one's really checking that. No, and legitimately that happens all the time. Actually, uh, I would say I would say there there are going to be a fair bit of people that will not start 
that have that have signed up for it, have paid their paid their dues, maybe even trained some, but in the end will not start. Whether that be to, due to injury or didn't prepare long enough, didn't give themselves enough time, uh, there could be any of a number. Yeah, of reasons. I can imagine that it would be. You know, the time you sign up, I mean, I don't know when it, when it opened. It probably opened months ago, and yeah. it's going to sell fast, so you commit to it. And you think, yeah, that seems like pretty exciting, but then you realize the amount of commitment it actually is. Sure. It be, all of a sudden becomes very daunting. I could see how that... And that was six months ago, and we didn't have much time, right? Yeah, you basically had to make a decision because they were all, they were all uh, yeah. fading out pretty quickly, right? Uh, but a lot of these people have, have volunteered for these races in the past, and they do know what they're getting involved with, and, and they generally do quite well. Uh, that's what I find. I, I find the vast majority of people do, in fact, finish. Uh, with the 50-50, it's a little different. Sometimes you'll have a really good day on the first day, and on the second day, you're like, you know what? I had a good day on the first day. Why why, uh, why run on dead legs? And, mm-hmm. and then it just becomes a 50-mile. They default to a 50-mile race, and that's just uh, the end of it. We do see that a fair bit, and there's also... Uh, the 50 mile race does uh, sell out, and so people will uh, will book into the uh, the 50 50 because there's still a few left with no intention of actually running the entire course. So <laughs> you know, let me ask you something about the business aspect of this because sure. this is not the only. Believe it or not, folks, this is not the only. If you're not living in the Sea to Sky corridor, you don't you you would, may not be aware of this, but there's actually many of these. Uh, ultra marathons not not just running some of them are bikes and some running and some combination of the of the two iron man triathlons sure and that's and that's what i say because we just had the iron man in whistler yes and that's owned by a chinese uh multinational chinese conglomerate yeah it's big business yes is there having been a part of this for so long are you worried that that's going to be something that might come into squamish and fundamentally transform you know, you're talking about the all the volunteers that have worked on this and they've learned the race, and it's very, even though it's international and highly successful, it is ultimately a grassroots organization. Sure. Uh, you know, you're worried to sort of the, the corporate aspect invading these races? Well, I think Gary would give a very different answer to that question than, than I'm going to give. Um, I feel like races all basically follow the same paradigm, which is in the beginning they start very small, uh, there might be there might be thirty or forty racers in total, and over extended periods of time, they become these more exceptional races. The Squamish Fifty originally wasn't even called the Squamish Fifty, and it's been around for quite a long time. Uh, it didn't do very well in the beginning. It wasn't even a profitable race for a pretty considerable period of time. I would say even up until just recently, maybe in the last five or or six years, from uh, from my reading. Uh, it, it's taken some time to become a, a profitable race. So, from a business aspect, I don't see, I don't see ultra marathons generally going that direction, where they're going to be purchased up by uh, by conglomerated groups. Uh, but who knows? Uh, anything's possible. It's usually, uh, if it's going to be something like that, it ten- tends to be sponsors. Uh, they they tend to become over sponsored. Uh, and things of that nature. And there are a handful of races that are that way. And and generally speaking. The charm of the Squamish 50 has very little to do with the race itself and has more to do with this awesome place that we live in, and I don't see that changing much. Right. And why ultramarathon trail running as opposed to, say, you know, an Ironman, a triathlon, uh, something where you mix it up a bit? Is it just sure. that you love running so much, or, you know, what's the thinking there? Uh, well, I think I, I would imagine each person would answer that question very differently, but uh, for me... 
when I looked at everything that, that Squamish had to offer, it seemed like that was the hardcore, the hardcore thing. And if you could just get over that one hump, this is the thing. This is the Squamish thing. It's the, the most difficult thing you can say. I've done that. And, you know, now shuffleboard. <laughs> uh, but no, no, I think uh, I think for me, uh, running has always been really important to me and has helped me with my sanity to uh, to no end. Uh, I was a runner from the time I was in the military all the way through till till current day, I suppose, though I did take many, many decades off, I suppose, <laughs> uh, here and there. Uh, you know, you got to have time for other things. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been it's been good to me, and it would not necessarily occur to me to to buy a, a specialized bike and ride somewhere or jump into the ocean and swim someplace. Uh, who knows what the future will will have, but. Running does me, seem more affordable than spending the amount on a small car for a bicycle. Oh, I think my wife would absolutely disagree with you. I'm I'm more I'm one of the heavier runners uh, out there, and uh, and I burn through shoes like you wouldn't believe. And these things are a couple hundred bucks a pop. And uh, <laughs> you know when you're running uh, 100 120 k a week, you can easily go through a pair of shoes in two to three weeks. So we're yeah, that's to gonna add chuck up. Them. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I'm definitely have spent more on my shoes than, than my current car. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of money in shoes. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Cow. Also, especially if you look at car, like fuel costs and this car. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. But, you know, I, I, I'm not entirely convinced that you're going to do this race and then it's going to be shuffleboard. There must, I mean, isn't there sort of an addictive quality to these types of events? Sure. I, I, absolutely. And I think, I think more likely than not, the Squamish 50 is going to be part of my, part of my future for a long time. Uh, I don't think I will have the insane training regiment that I've had coming leading up to this just because I'll try to maintain a, a level of of uh, physical fitness that uh, would allow me to just simply go and run one of the uh, one of the programs, hopefully each year. Uh, but no, I don't think I'm going to be uh, just just nonstop endlessly running every day forever. I think that's probably going to be pretty hard on my body. Uh, to continue as I have. Well, what about that endorphin rush? When does he hit that point where you, you know? Honestly, so I've I've heard of the endorphin rush, but in my entire life, I've never experienced it. I, yeah, I've I, never. I feel that's, kind that's of. Why I've never ran because yeah. I was like, when is this supposed to feel good? When, this when's not, this going to kick in? Good. The runner's high. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, in my in my whole life, I've never experienced it. I've certainly had hallucinations running hundred plus mile races well, and, and things of that of, nature. Of, but the endorphin. No, no, that's your kidneys failing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's that's the funny thing about these races that you have to be in such great shape to do them but at some point it's incredibly hard on your body i mean yep. there is yeah of course there's obviously a limit to how much you can do sure and this level of uh, of i, I want to say fitness but that's actually the wrong word for it there's a cost there's a cost to running at this level um you can uh you can move only so far and your body's designed to only go so far and there is a point where yeah you're gonna you're going to be in pain and that pain's going to leach into a couple of weeks afterwards and maybe yeah you could end up being hospitalized uh and and any of a number of things so yeah i've taken pretty substantial injuries over the last couple of years doing doing all of this and hopefully i'm i'm hoping for a nice smooth race day but uh yeah, every year somebody somebody twists an ankle and breaks a leg or or falls face first onto uh onto uh some gravel or something like that. It, it's a rough race. Yeah. 
Yeah. What kind of injuries are we talking about? Of course, that were like uh, shin splints. I don't know. That's so, the first one that comes to mind. Amazingly, last year we had zero injuries, zero injuries that needed hospitalization. People completing a race. That, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but the year before that, they had two broken legs. I, I want to say two broken legs. Um, and uh, we had we had one person during one of the uh, one of the uh, program runs. Uh, we we have little introductory runs throughout the uh, throughout the year that actually took a pretty substantial header, and uh, had to be taken to one of the emergency rooms here in Squamish for uh, for a substantial head injury. But uh, aside from that, uh, generally speaking, they're usually minor bumps and scratches and as as one might imagine we don't we don't come off these courses covered in blood usually just covered in mud right yeah. no no one needs really any airlifting no not usually not usually well i think uh that's going to do it for today unless there's anything you want to add no i really appreciate you guys having me i i think that uh, your podcast is awesome i've been <laughs> uh, i've been getting caught up with uh with some of them and i think they're uh, i think they're really great thanks well, for having you. me on dr vic enjoy Appreciate it. Don't don't uh, don't don't hurt yourself. I'll be all right. You don't sure? worry about it. Seriously. All right. All right. This is the Sea to Sky podcast. If you have a comment or story ideas, please check out our website at seataskypodcast.com or on Facebook and Twitter at Sea to Sky Podcast. Thank you for clicking us on. 